this morning, before your yoga practice, I'd like to brief you a bit more about the system of the seven chakras. I very briefly mentioned yesterday, and I'll repeat that significant point today for the benefit of the two of you, that the chakras in the human microcosm are representing certain uh, levels of the universe, that each chakra is your gateway to a certain plane of the universe, and everything in terms of materialization, energy, mind, consciousness, that that plane contains. And that through, in the practice of Hatha Yoga, we are focusing into the chakras, and through the concentration upon the chakras, we are getting access to those subtle planes of the universe, the different planes of the universe, and it is through the chakras that we perceive, receive the universe, it is through the chakras we act upon the universe, from the most simple to the most you know, um, intense ways. And now we look at the system of the second, uh, seven chakras, we go from the root chakra from Muladhara, we go up this way till the crown. So let's start with the root chakra. The very name, Mula Dharma. Mula means root, Dharma means plexus. And therefore, Mula Dharma means root, plexus, root, center. And just by the virtue of the very name, what would be the function of Mula Dharma chakra at the level of the human being? It will be very similar to how what are the roots of a tree do for a tree. The roots of the tree give the tree a support, a stability, a grounding into the fix of the tree into the earth, correct? The deeper the roots, the stronger the roots, the more firm, the more grounded the tree is. Similarly, when it comes to the root chakra, the, the a human being who has a well-developed Muladhara chakra feels stable, secure, grounded, rooted. They feel they are, you know, secure. Whereas people, when they have a weak Muladhara chakra, very easily can go into insecurity, instability of, you know, mind also. And it's like, I'm insecure about this, I'm insecure about that. I'm not feeling grounded. Also, the roots of a tree give the tree nourishment. They supply the tree vitality. You know, without the roots, there's no flowers and no fruits. You need the roots. Similarly, in the Muladhara Chakra, from the, for the human being, is giving the nourishment. It's, it, is a, it is a chakra from where it picks up the nourishing energies of the earth. The vital energies of the earth are, are drawn in to Muladhara Chakra. It is this chakra which is the battery of your being. The more you have Muladhara Chakra, developed, the more energy you have. You feel vital and energetic. The less you have Muladhara Chakra, the more tired, fatigued, no, fragile, physically one is. And therefore, from the standpoint of energy, vitality, stability, security, this is the chakra. In terms of consciousness, this is the consciousness of related to survival. And when the, you know, Different people live their life with different motivations. What are the priorities of life? What is life for? A certain group, a certain amount of people, a certain percentage of people, they live always focused on survival. Life is about survival mode, you know. 
Every animal lives like this, by the way. Like the dogs do not live to invent you know, free energy or something. The dogs don't live to do mathematics. The dogs and the other animals, they ant. They, it's everything, the whole, the consciousness of the animal is about survival. Well, a human being who is at the level of consciousness of Mooladhara Chakra, that's what life is about. How can we survive? If the Mooladhara Chakra is very well developed, then it can give, the person can even become a billionaire. No, they can get very rich. Then when Mooladhara Chakra is well developed, it gives a certain special harmonious relationship with the earth element. The earth element corresponds to this chakra, Muladhara. What is the earth element involved? The earth element means the earth as our planet and the energies of the earth correspond to Muladhara chakra. Whichever energy, the gravity as an energy corresponds to the root chakra, so does the vital energies of the earth. It is known even in common folklore all around the world that the people who lived, who lived in the old days, more natural lives, things passed, you know, and they tell us even now, if a person, like they say, are you feeling generally tired, fatigued, you're a person who's, okay, get up early in the morning, like early in the sunrise time, then go walking on the fresh grass in the morning, when the energies are vital, you know, and first thing in the morning, walk barefoot. Why? Because walking barefoot on the earth gives you vitality. The mechanism is that through the energy channels of the feet going up the legs, the energies are drawn in and they are focusing even by just walking like this into the root chakra. See the opposite of it. That is when you take a human being or anything which is belonging to the earth like a plant or an animal, you put it in outer space. And from step number one, it starts to degenerate and die. The astronauts who go to space, uh, their bones weaken, their muscles atrophy. No matter what exercise they do over there, no matter what they eat, you know, NASA and other space organizations try many, many things to figure out what, how can we prevent this degeneration that starts immediately when they go up there. And if the astronauts are not brought back within a certain span of time, they will die, no matter what they eat and what bicep curls they make on board. And the reason is because a human being is an earthling. The earth, our, our food comes from the earth. The water we drink comes from the earth. The air we breathe belongs to the atmosphere of the earth. See? We are earth people. If you take us away from our you know, source, I don't mean spiritual source, I mean this biological yeah, thing, and too far away where the Earth's energies are not reaching anymore, then because Muladhara Chakra is not anymore in contact with those Earth energies, the, the, the first chakra starts to go slowly, slowly down, 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 and with that, all the physiological, or many of the physiological processes, strength, vitality, they start to go down. So Muladhara Chakra is, is exactly that function of being the battery powerhouse, battery of your being. And it's important to keep it well developed, well charged. 
Even from the standpoint of yoga and spirituality, at least let's put it as tantric yoga and spirituality, because in most other forms of spirituality where people, where the, the path, which is legitimate and valid, does not cater to doing anything with the physical body. A Christian monk, a Buddhist nun, something, they're doing their sutras, they're doing their prayer, they're doing their thing. They don't work with the physical body, except their, their chores, their karma yoga, whatever you call it, yes? But in Hatha Yoga, it's a yoga in which you work with the body. In order, to, and Hatha Yoga is not done like this fashion um, uh, thing as is done all around the world, including India, where you go for a 45 minute maximum one hour class because time is money, you know, and getting there much more time. And we go to a one hour class of Hatha Yoga in our fancy, you know, uh, costumes. It's a fashion show over there. Then we stretch ourselves, you know, maybe with some Beyonce playing in the background. And then I go out of my yoga class, you know, and then I go out and I start smoking a cigarette just immediately after, you know, I smoke a cigarette. Then I go to my club and I do my thing, you know. This is what yoga has become. Yeah. You know? And it's complete, complete nonsense. First of all, leave alone that you, wear, that you do fashion, you know, that yoga has become a fashion. And uh, that you can drink alcohol merrily and think you're doing yoga and you can smoking away and drink yoga and do yoga and that you're no, not you I mean, you know, so people can be seriously demented in many ways and it's all okay, my dementia continues and I'm making yoga. Doesn't work like this, the creative yoga. And, but leave that alone. Do you think Swami Shivananda of Rishikesh did yoga on the mat one hour a day? How's yoga time? Finished. That would be like saying Buddha did his Buddhist, whatever, you know, the name came later, Buddhism came later, but he did his, his yoga, whatever that might have been, you know, his practices, one more day. No, Hatha Yoga, like every other form of yoga, is not to be done one more day. See? The advanced yogis who do Hatha Yoga do Hatha Yoga hours a day. To do Hatha Yoga hours a day, you need Muladhana, you need vitality, you need energy. Otherwise, after doing three postures, I'm like, ah, tough. So from the standpoint of Tantric Yoga, even Hatha Yoga, there are others even that demand a lot of energy. You, know, you, you rise your Kundalini, you're pumping your Kundalini up. You need to have a strong resource in Muladhana Chakra. Otherwise, 20 minutes later, finished. Even to, to sustain the states of Samadhi that come, like to be able to stay there long, you need energy in the chakra. Like this energy, when it's here, can feed energy into the higher chakras. You know, just like you push that, you can move that energy out. For that, you need the energy down here. So, Muladhara chakra, from a daily life standpoint, is important. Biological survival, like that your body is strong, robust, and have energy, and all of the way to some of these spiritual directions, in Muladhara chakra. When I said Muladhara Chakra corresponds to the earth element, it's the energies of the earth and also everything in the universe that is dense, hard, solid. The more dense, the more hard, the more solid, the more heavy it is, the more it corresponds to Muladhara Chakra. So, for example, in your very part of your bones are dense, hard, compared to other parts of the body, right? They correspond a lot to Muladhara Chakra. 
your teeth correspond to Muladhara Chakra. Like this, this flow and a, a strong wall yeah, corresponds to Muladhara Chakra. Also, uh, forms of interaction which are more mechanical, more physical, heavy duty interactions, like when two bulls fight with their horns locked and they push on each other. This is an event that is having uh, uh, correspondence to the energies of Muladhara Chakra. A very big guy with big muscles pumping iron in a gym or chopping a tree. Something like it's a physical action, right? And a big, strong, heavy duty action. This corresponds to Muladhara Chakra. And also, um, because of this resonance with the earth element, that when Muladhara Chakra is well developed, there comes a, 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 a form of an intuition, let's just put it like this, where a person knows when to do, what to do, with who to do on the physical plane. Like they, are, they have a sense, like they are very good at making money, good at doing business, good at buying now, selling now, you know. They kind of hit it, most of the time, they hit it right. It's because they have a good Muladhara Chakra. It's like a sixth sense coming from the root chakra. People who don't have a, a well-developed Muladhara like this, then usually it's like, a, it's like sometimes weird, something like it's a random roll of dice, you know. Many times they do, they lose, they are unable to make pennies meet together, like rub pennies together. They're not so well-functional on this plane, a kind of, you'd say, not grounded person here. So that's another thing to remember for Muladhara. That's it for now for Muladhara Chakra. I mean, the Muladhara Chakra and all of them are... Remember what I told you yesterday, each chakra represents one-seventh of the universe. And on the plane that corresponds to Muladhara Chakra in the universe, there's much more than vitality, grounding, security and survival. No? That one-seventh of the universe is colossal. And going from vitality and grounding and security, going all the way to the consciousness of Brahma, what's called in India Brahma. Brahma is uh, the symbol of the creative aspect of the universe. That corresponds to Muladhara Chakra, like the very divine consciousness at the level of Muladhara Chakra. Or in another way, God expressed at the level of Muladhara Chakra. So it's a huge, there's much, 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 but for now it's enough. We have to go slowly, step by step. The second chakra, Swadhisthana, located here at the level of your cubic bone and a bit outside. The second, the very name Swadhisthana has two meanings, and both of them are, they, they are related together, you'll see. Sva Adhisthana. Adhisthana means uh, headquarters. Place. Swa means self. But there are different qualities of self implied in the yoga tradition. Sometimes the same name is also used, but depending on the context in which the name is used, you know what it implies. The Sva implied over here is the self, which is the daily life sense of I. You know, uh, 
we live and we say, I am hungry, I am thirsty, I am horny, I want to this, I don't want to this, I like this, I don't like that. What is that I? Is it the immortal spirit that says, I am hungry, I like this, I don't like that? Definitely not. So what aspect of you, what is that I, you know, of this daily life? that has desires, has needs, has wants, doesn't want like this, attractions, repulsions, what's that? That I has its consciousness in the second chakra and it is related to the emotions. I feel this, 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 this emotions, correct? That emotional aspect of you corresponds to the second chakra, the consciousness of the second chakra. Also, the, the instincts, what are instincts? Hunger is an instinct, thirst is an instinct, sex is an instinct, you know? Even the maternal instinct, like, you see it even in the chickens. The little, little chicks are walking with the mummy, and you simply go because you want to pick up a little chicken, play with it, not eat it. Just, you put it back, you know? And then you, the mother sees and she goes pa -pa 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 at you, you know? Like, ready to pluck your eyes out. Now tell me. Is this instinct coming from the heart? It's not. It's a second chakra thing. You see, even the famous motherly instinct, which people think belongs to the heart. For in the human condition, in the human realm, yes, it has something in the heart also. You can say it's a mixture, depending on how activated is the heart chakra of the woman who's the mother. But even then, there is a certain proportion of this motherly instinct that belongs to the second chakra. What is that part of you that feels emotions and instincts? Desires, attachments. Is it your supreme self that feels attached to your partner? Or to your house? Or your kids? No. The mystics tell us that this divine aspect of you is perfectly detached to everything. But this I, which I'm awakening you to, making you conscious of, is the I of the second chakra. And it is formed by external support. Like you ask a person, who are you? And they will say, they define themselves by the name, by the reputation, social status, financial status, education, degrees, and uh, you know, whatever roles they do in life. I'm a doctor, I'm a mother, I'm a teaching and so on, right? That I is the I of the second chakra. If you take all this away, take away the roles, take away the name, take away the reputation, take it all away. Now you ask, who are you? Okay, the nouns that you don't know. This I, which is formed, structured, given in existence with props, that's the I of the second chakra. Okay? Um, and in terms of what what uh, is in what energies, what states is involved with the level of the second chakra? Well, romance. To be able to enter romantic moods, romantic states, to enjoy romance, corresponds to the second chakra. Um, imagination, creativity, fantasy of the daily life kind belong to the second chakra, which 
can be very good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with romance. Romance is great. Romance is nice to be romantic. It's something that's sweet. It's not sweet. Imagination, creativity, fantasy. It's good to have a nice imagination, to be able to create, like make a nice painting or something, right? And to be able to fantasize about things, even romantic fantasies, sexual fantasies. Also, the sexual manifestations in terms of sexual energy, sexual desire, sexual act itself, are centered mostly around the activity of the second chakra. That's why your genitals are here, you know, and not over the top of your head. Because it's this chakra which has the maximum relationship with the sexual things. On the flip side of it, the second chakra is about, as I said, emotions, but usually the emotions that come in the consciousness field of the second chakra are usually seriously pathological and negative. Jealousy. Second chakra, baby. Sadness. Oh, I feel so heavy and sad. Second chakra. And sadness going all the way to depression. You know, the whole spectrum. We are super, super depressed and so on. Second chakra. Suicidal tendencies, suicidal thoughts, suicidal inspirations. Second chakra. Many, many serious psychological disturbances, bipolar, manic depressive, uh, schizophrenic, etc. etc. Serious second chakra disturbances. Uh, shame. Guilt. Guilt is also some, a bit on Muladhara. No? Um, but so shame, a certain aspect of guilt, certain manifestations of fear correspond to, uh, to the second chakra, Swadhisthana chakra. You know when people gossip, 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 that's an activity of the se- or corresponding to the second chakra. St. Francis of Assisi from the heart does not gossip. Padre Pio, no? From the, from the 1900, 1960, he died in 1960-something. He didn't gossip. Newspapers gossip. People who read newspapers gossip. Television gossips. And you see people love it. And then they gossip about the gossip, and they gossip about the gossip, about the gossip. This is the second chakra. Activity. Complaining. Who doesn't love to complain on the planet? Complain, complain. It's a bit complaining competition. One says, one friend tells the other. You know, people bond in complaining. Yeah? Mystics bond in love and in consciousness. The Swadhisthana people, which are more than 80%, going up to 90%, maybe more than 90% of the people on the planet, they are Swadhisthana people, Swadhisthana consciousness people. And people bond over drama. People bond over complaining. One friend tells the other, you won't believe this week how my life sucks, and they blah, blah, blah. The other one says, oh, you are so sad, but you know what? Uh, let me tell you how my week was, you know, let me up it, like I show you. Mine was even a bit worse than yours. This is Pakistan. And therefore, most of the emotions related to the second chakra suck. They are horrible. And therefore, to live in the emotional mess of the second chakra is to live in a form of hell, a self-created hell. That's why the yogis and mystics all around the planet, these things of the second chakra were definitely not a priority for them. That's why most spiritualities don't cultivate emotions. In Buddhism, Vipassana, you watch them come and you watch them go. You don't feed them, you don't engage with them, right? In, 
in Christianity, you start feeling emotion, a desire, an attachment, you don't engage. You immediately start praying, Ah, Father, Lord in heaven, you know, and you get back. Hi, get up, get out of the second chakra, so, you know. Always sublimate your energy, sublime, get out of there, move your consciousness out of there. Because otherwise, you're going to live in a hell. Even if you look at the good parts of Swabhisthana, sex, romance, imagination, fantasy, how is that going to help you in the recognition of your immortal spirit? What has romance got to do with spirituality? Except it distracts one, right? And with romance, there comes all this, you know, ups and downs with the whole thing. It's not love. Romance is not love. Sexual desire is not love. Not the eternal, pure, unconditioned, perfect love. And so people get deluded. They romantics and they think they love. I feel so much romance and so much good emotions today with you, romantic emotions. And I say, oh, I love you. Can you rely upon that? Is there any eternity in this? But this is delusion. Right? That's why you have the 90% of the love songs which are about unbreak my heart. Don't break my yeti, break your heart. You broke my heart, she broke my heart. Last Christmas I gave you my heart. This, month, this year I'll give it to someone special. And this, you know, it, this, the, those songs tell us the consciousness. You see? Not just the ones who make the songs, but the ones who listen to them and dance with them and live their life. Right? For most people. Their relationships are exactly this. Their relationships are unbreakable not. So to live like this in the blindness of the things of the second chakra, even the things which are nice, to live exclusively by them is to get suffering. The other translation of this name is Swadhisthana. Swadhis means pleasure. Stana means headquarters again. That means it's the headquarters of pleasure. So if the goal of life for a Mula Nara Chakra person is survival, security, you know? What's the meaning of life for the second chakra person? Pleasure. This is the center of pleasure. Chasing pleasure. Chasing pleasure. When, Swadis, when, the, when people live from the consciousness of Swadhisthana, they eat for pleasure, they sleep for pleasure, they do sex for pleasure. It's all pleasure, running towards pleasure, running away from pain. But they never, they never manage. Because as much pleasure as they have, that much pain and suffering they have. As Buddha said, every pleasure is choked by pain. To expect to have pleasure and to confuse it with true happiness. This is the blindness of the second chakra. And to think I can have pleasure and I will not have pain. Second level of blindness. See? The, mist, the, the tantric say looks that every chakra has something very important. And for the tantrics, the second chakra is also important. We don't want to deny it. We don't want to just get out of there and ignore it. Develop it, refine it, purify it. But don't live your life from the consciousness of the second chakra. Live your life from somewhere higher. Another thing about the consciousness of the second chakra is this is where from this level of consciousness, people behave, think like sheep. You know how the sheep behave, right? They go, they go together. Everywhere they go together. You don't find a sheep walking alone from its back. Because for a sheep to be alone, it's, it's scary. It feels insecure. As long as it's together with all the other sheep, it feels comfortable, right? 
and it goes with the flock. You ask the sheep, 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 where are you going? Just man, 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 like this, where are you going? Do you know you're all going to the slaughterhouse? You're just going, you know, man, 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 to get you, to get slaughtered. And the answer of the sheep is, well, 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 if we are going there together, it's got to be good. If everyone is doing it, must be right, correct? Hmm? Look into the history from the times of before Jesus, the times of the Romans. You know, what perversions were going on in that society then? You know what I'm talking about? Hmm. Their feasts where they ate, 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 ate and then vomited. For their feast, they were sacrificing 50,000 nightingales to have a dish made of nightingale tongues, which are this small. You know, so that they could eat it and vomit and eat again. Is that a perversion from, from our values of today? Yeah. You think those, those people at that time could not have realized what they're doing? No, but if everyone's doing it, it's got to be good. No, you take people, throw them in colosseums, make them fight and kill each other, throw lions and make them tear them out, you know? And cheer and clap, hey, madness, right? But if everyone does it, it's got to be good. If everyone claps, then not. That madness goes on till today. Mm. The whole fashion industry, the Bollywood industry, the Hollywood industry, you know, what's fashion? Someone decides what's the trend of the season, the color of the season, and all the sheep fall. Because right? they, they want to play ball. Yoga has become like this. Mm. Yoga, which was here, has gone down. But in the world, it's become a fashion, it's become a fad, it's a lifestyle thing, you know, like this. So, one has to, um, in Tantric Yoga, pleasure is, is very good. We accept pleasure, we enjoy pleasure. But knowing it's not eternal happiness, and knowing that if you just try to chase pleasure, you'll also suffer. Pleasure, like everything else in this universe, is ultimately coming from the Divine Consciousness. Everything comes from there. And the Tantrics say the pleasures of the second chakra, if you are wise enough to not live over there, they can be used, they can be a vehicle that you ride all the way to Cosmic Consciousness. You have sexual pleasure. Where does this sexual pleasure come from? What is the source of that pleasure? And the Tantric mystics say it is in the orgasm of Shiva and Shaka. And through your sexual pleasure, you can trace it back there. So there's no need to deny it. But do it with awareness. And do it up with sublimating the energies of the second chakra. Listen, if you go to a if you go to a movie cinema to enjoy a good movie with your friends, lovers over there. And let's say you had a great fun in the cinema. Lots of fun, lots of pleasure. There's a good movie, you enjoy the company. You know? After the movie is over, do you live in the cinema? Would it be smart to say, oh man, it was amazing. There was so much fun we had here today. Now I live here. How would that turn out? It would turn out very painful, correct? Sooner or later, sooner than later. Well, it's exactly the same. Live higher. Let live from a higher consciousness. When you want to do the pleasure game, when you want to play Swadhisthana consciously, do it. And then get your consciousness consciousness back out, at least in the heart or higher, and live from a high level of consciousness. That would be the right perspective. Yeah? 
destroy, like ignoring Swadhisthana completely, given what I told you, would not be complete. Make the chakra good, purify it, harmonize it, but don't live over there. Live higher. Hmm? Mystics who live in Swadhisthana. She live in Swadhisthana. The next one is called Manikura. Oh, by the way, the second chakra corresponds to the water element. So water, as water, and everything in the universe that is liquid, the liquid state of matter and manifestation corresponds to the second chakra. Even the energies of the moon correspond to the second chakra. And the energies of the moon influence the second chakra. And then going up to Manipura, located around the navel just a bit, just a bit under and outside. The name Manipura means city of jewels. Pura means city. Mani means jewel. City of jewels. Like imagine a city of jewels. Shining, brilliant, dazzling, like emissary. That's, it describes the quality of Manipura Chakra in terms of the personality. So, on Manipura, there is also the consciousness of an I, an I am. Just like you have one in the second chakra. Actually, you have it in all the chakras. There is a sense, there is a consciousness of an I everywhere, all the levels. And the level of Muladhara chakra is the I related to survival, security, no, the, the animal I. What is the I am of a dog? Though the dog doesn't have the consciousness to say I am, and the second chakra is the I related to emotions, instincts, pleasure, attachments, desires, and so on. Here, there's an I. The yogis consider the personality, in the way they define it, the personality begins over here. This is the home of your personality. You say, but isn't the second chakra also having a personality? Like the, the I of the second chakra? Yes, it is. It is. However, the, the yogis of India consider it's a very, very weak personality. You know, it's not baked. It's loose. They consider personality begins here. This is the seat of the ego. So of course there's ego at these two levels also. But the real ego, the well-defined ego, is coming from Anupura Chakra. The, I'll, tell it to you, I'll tell you the difference with a simple demonstration. The difference between the eye of the second chakra and the eye of the third chakra. Water, corresponding to the second chakra, has no shape of its own, does it? Water has no verticality. Water cannot stand by itself. The only way water can stand up is if you put a container like this which makes it stand. And water takes the shape of any container you put it. It has no shape of its own. By itself, water is flat. It has no horizontality. It's flat. Fire. This chakra corresponds to the element fire. Fire corresponds to Manipura. Fire has a very clear and distinguished shape of its own. It needs no support for its shape. And it always burns and in the way it does. And the energy of the fire rises up. Rises up. There is a verticality to the fire. No, both in terms of energy and in terms of the shape it takes, right? You, a fire in the house of a Christian or a Jew, a Buddhist or an atheist, 
will be here the same. Same shape. It is independent, yes, of any kinds of, um, like it's not formed by anything. The Swadhisthana person, like take it in the religious way. A person says, I am I'm a staunch Christian, right? Is that how you Why? Because I'm born in a family of staunch Christians and I decided, you know, I become formed by that. One over the other, they are not independent of our, you know, as I said before, the second chakra personality is weak. It can't stand by itself. But the Manipura chakra personality is defined by oneself. It's I am this, this, and this, and this. We're not talking about immortal spirit yet, yeah? far from it. But I am this, and you can, you agree, you don't agree, you like it, you don't like it, nothing matters. Other people's opinions don't matter. I am, and this is what I am. Independent of everything else. This is the emergence of the true strong personality, which you can feel when people have it, such a personality, Everyone else and both the other sheep, they look and they, they, they feel it. Because the second chakra subordinates to the third chakra. Because like this, you know, come out. The one under subordinates to the one above. And so the sheep on second chakra, when they come to a personality like this, they feel it immediately. If Napoleon would walk into the room, everyone would feel him like, you know? If a Yengis Khan would walk into the room, let's say your mother, imagine Disneyland, yeah? You have 500 people licking their lollipops, shaking hands with Goofy and doing all this. Hey, hey, hey. Swadhisthana Chakra. And now Yengis Khan looks in. Guess hmm? what? Everything will stop. Nobody will just look at him and most probably shift their pants. You know? Like, not like the person sitting, standing next to Yengis Khan do not make an or a squeak. Like, who knows, you know, with this guy. Like this, people get awed by a personality like this. And you, you know, this son doesn't need your approval. He doesn't need your, you know, I, uh, yes, yes, I think you are. He doesn't need any of this. He decides, I am Yangi son, this is what I do. Like it, don't like it, it doesn't matter. It's on. This kind of personality comes from my other Of course, you have to be careful. That the, it's always good to make a personality strong. A personality can be a harmonious personality. Jesus had a very harmonious personality and a very strong Manipura chakra. So did other mystics. But if that personality is not in check of something superior, at least in, like the personality should be a strong personality cultivated should be in the service of something superior. Because by itself, it starts to serve its own ego. And then you can have a disaster. See? Jesus Christ and other mystics who had a strong manipura, their manipura and their personality was in service, like in for, for Jesus, it was in service of the will of my Father in heaven. And he never went wrong. But for Yenghi's son, for Napoleon, for Adolf Hitler, and the likes of these, that strong personality went deviant all the way, right? The examples I just gave did have a powerful Manipura Chakra. But a Manipura Chakra that was strong, but also laden with a lot of impurities. Impurities on Manipura Chakra are 
extreme vanity, pride, egoism. The world spins around my navel and all of you are just numbers for me. No, no, if you go down for me, it doesn't matter. Sacrifice yourself and your families for me to be the shogun of Japan. Because I am the only intelligent, significant, important person around and the rest of you are cannon fodder. You don't matter. You are numbers, right? This monstrous ego, this tyrannical, dictator-like, you know, temperament can happen in the unit of a family, it can happen at the level of nations, yes? This, this is a Manipura chakra that's strong, but full of impurities. In yoga, we don't want to make such a Manipura. We want to make a Manipura chakra strong, a personality that is strong, but a strong, beneficially strong. What are the aspects of Manipura personality which you should cultivate in a harmonious self-confidence? No? Because I don't know. A strong personality is self-confidence. Self-confidence and you have a strong personality. How about courage? Boldness? Willpower? Yeah. And generally, the theme on Manipura Chakra is power. If the trick on the first chakra is security, survival, even the second chakra it's pleasure and running away from pain, the trick on the third chakra is power. When a person has a consciousness of chakra number three, they are constantly thinking not how much pleasure I can get, but how can I get more power. Again, this is a tricky one, because if Manipura chakra is not pure, then that power will be misaligned to the spiritual principles. It will serve the ego. But can it not be possible to have power, powerful personality and generally have resonance with the energies of power and be harmonious and beneficial? Of course it can. That's how we should cultivate Manipura. And as I said to you, remember this. Keep it in the service of the heart. Let your, money, let your personality serve true love. Let your personality serve the will of God. Let it serve things which are above it and then it will be it will be correct in terms of the emotions anger and then even acts of violence aggression they are the dirty side the impure side of manipura and those things have to be purified and then going next level up here is anahata the heart chakra located right here anahata means unstruck unstrikable and it tells us the nature of the qualities of the heart, the heart plexus. One of the most profound aspects of the heart in terms of state is love. The true love, the mature love, the non-romantic, non-sexual love, the non-needy love, a love that is full. A love that is independent of events, circumstances, and what people do or don't do with you. A love that is independent of that person or people love you back or not. Think about how Rumi loved. Think about how Jesus loved. Even when they nail him, they spit on him, they say, you know, oh, you work with the power of the devil, blah, blah, blah. He says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they do. This kind of love that forgives, forgives and forgives again and again. You know, when someone whacks you on this cheek, give the other one. When someone asks for your 
clock, not shirky, the clock also. Someone said, go a mile, go to this thing that's giving, giving, giving. Why? Because it's so full. Right? This quality of love is emerging from the heart chakra. Needless to say, because most people live their lives on the second chakra, they are very deluded about what this true manifest, true love is and its qualities in terms of when you live it out. That's why people suffer. People enter, do relationships, they run around after each other like beggars. They can't love themselves, they want someone to love them. But mommy didn't love me enough, daddy didn't love me enough, girlfriend, boyfriend didn't love me enough. And they start from love. They have suicide notes you know, from nobody loved me. But love is not something to beg from outside. Love is to be known within. Love is here and now. And you will know that by starting to arouse, open your heart chakra. Sexual desire, sorry, sexual attraction is not love. Needing and wanting is not love. But that's what love has become for most people. And it's so opera for living it today in their lives. So, everyone wants love, then why not focus and open the heart and go where it is? So, love, forgiveness, to have, to be able to, to know devotion. You know what devotion would be? Like, think in terms of the relationship between a, a disciple and a guru. Right? That relationship is a very special relationship and it is correct. But in the modern day, almost or very few people are able to, to do the right relationship with the Guru. First of all, they are in search of the perfect Guru. Even Jesus was not perfect enough for certain people, right? Or not? They very well find the perfect Guru. Even if the Guru is perfect, like Jesus, you know, even they had to nail this guy because he was not perfect enough. What to say about the regular gurus? One imbecile in Vishikesh back in the old days in India, stupid, he was arguing with me about, the, about Swami Shivananda, who was a very enlightened, accomplished, great yogi and a very great teacher of yoga. And a humanitarian man, you know, a person who loves humanity and made good things for humanity. He was arguing. And he is arguing that according to him, Swami Shivananda is not a yogi. He can't accept his yogi. So I asked him why. And he said, because he's too fat. That was the answer. Because Swami Shivananda was Roli Poli. Swami Shivananda was not the perfect guru for this guy because he was on the old way side. Like even completely like this. So people, when they go to a guru, they don't go. The guru-disciple relationship starts from here. It's not a bargaining from Manipura, it's not a business. It's not a romantic thing from the second chakra. But many people go to gurus, romantic, and as bargainers, trying to do a business. And what I'm saying is, this, this, to be a devotee, to have devotion, true devotion, unconditioned, comes from this chakra, the heart chakra. We have a lot to grow into the heart chakra, into the consciousness of heart. But here, there already comes a certain ecstasy of love and of the heart. There also comes a certain recognition of 
the I am. As I said, there's an I am here also. But here is something that transcends the ego. Here you're under the ego, the real ego. Here you're in the ego. Here you're above the ego. You're from here on, you transcend the ego. From here, it's your consciousness starts, the I am, the identification, the identity starts to go more cosmic, more than the person. Here, it's not here. I am the drop. From here onwards, it starts to go deeper and deeper into I am the ocean. Expansion of the consciousness. Okay? Um, this one corresponds to the air element. So air, as we know it, and the quality of the air element corresponds to Anapata Chakra, which shows the kind of, you know, it's everywhere. Like love is everywhere, for all, in all directions. No, no, no partiality, no discrimination in that sense. Come on, come on. Going higher to here to Vishuddha, the throat chakra, located a bit outside here. Vishuddha means a very, very, very pure, highly pure. Shuddha is pure, V is, is the high. And it tells us then, this is a chakra, the consciousness, the level of consciousness related to Vishuddha is a consciousness of purity. Very, very few people on our planet have the consciousness and they live from the consciousness of Vishuddha. They have been. They are still. But not, not many. Very, very few. These are people when the consciousness is in Vishuddha, purity is as important for them as for a second chakra person, pleasure. You understand? Purity is the trick of Vishuddha. It's not a trick. Pleasure can be a trip, in the sense of a trip. But the, the, the essence of it here, the, the, one of the chief qualities is purity of body, external and internal. They do a lot of purifications, keep the insides clean. Clean body, clean mind. There's a psychosomatic quality connection there. They maintain purity of their emotions, purity of their thoughts, purity in terms of um, morals and ethics. That these people will not twist, you know, won't tell lies, won't uh, very pure, very ethical, very clean. These people live by principles, live by ethical, live by ideals. The second chakra person lives by the senses and they are sensualists. The Vishuddha chakra person lives by principles and through by ideals. They won't compromise on them. The second chakra person lives for pleasure and will always compromise ideals and principles for comfort and pleasure. Always. Oh, yes. What's the right thing to do? This. But if I, it's maybe uncomfortable, so I won't. I'll do the wrong thing. That's second chakra. Here, from here, then, no, if it's not comfortable, if I have to go to prison for it, it doesn't matter. <coughs> this is what's right, and this is how I will think, and this is how I will do. The Vishuddha Chakra person usually doesn't like to come contaminate themselves by coming to the village, the marketplace. They usually don't have many friends unless their other friends also a big mystic. No? They don't chit-chat. Vishuddha is a chakra of even purity of speech. And basically at this level of consciousness, if I'm going to speak, it has to be praise to the divine. That's speech. Oh, let's talk about Donald Trump, not on Vishuddha. So it's either praise for the divine 
my ears and my mouth, they want to hear and say grace to the divine, or just shut up. Mauna, silence. That's why these are not people of the world. They go away to monasteries, you know, in hills, mountains, wherever they go, and they live alone, and they do the spiritual prayer practice, etc. Vishuddha Chakra corresponds to the space element, and involved in this is also consciousness related to time. Uh, perceptions of space and time altered, or the regular ones, they come from Vishuddha Chakra. This, this is the chakra also related to knowledge, but what form of knowledge? Cosmic knowledge. Knowledge related to the spirit, the awakening of the spirit. Knowledge related to enlightenment. These people like to read sutras, shlokas, texts, uh, you know, Buddha's teachings, the Bible, meditate on it, contemplate upon it. Like they are in the quest of knowledge, which is universal. Knowledge of electricity and mobile phones corresponds to Manipur. They are not in search. They, these people here, this consciousness doesn't care for that. No. The knowledge of, um, I don't know, the daily life things, that, that's not the knowledge they're interested in. They're interested in the knowledge related to like space, time and beyond. Spirit. Pure knowledge. True knowledge. Also in Vishuddha, there comes um, a form of, of an expression of creativity. Remember, there was a creativity from the second chakra also, right? There is an expression of creativity which is extremely refined. This is the chakra that is characterizing a refinement. A refinement in, in whatever. You see, look at the elements. You have earth, most heavy, dense. Then you have water. Then you have fire. Then you have air. Then you have space. Do you notice that the elements get more and more refined? From gross to very refined? Of the five chakras, Vishuddha is the, the chief of refinement. And therefore the creativity, the expressions on Vishuddha are extremely, extremely refined. There's music that is composed at the level of Vishuddha, like the much of the music of Johann Sebastian Bach, some of the music of Albinoni, Vivaldi, goes to Vishuddha. Is there a difference between that prelude number one of, of Bach, which is often you know, called the Ave Maria, in terms of the resonance, purity, elevation, refinement, compared to Gangnam style. Can you compare those two compositions of music? One is a pretty grotesque, low-level creativity of the second chakra, mixed with some impure aspects of the third chakra, and the other one is something high in Anahata, Vishuddha, going to Gonsasta. Similar with art, similar with any expression in terms of creativity. Even their science of the regular scientists and then the science of Albert Einstein. That level of science of Albert Einstein comes from Vishuddha and some from Arjuna also. This is refinement. And art, music, science, Vishuddha Chakra. And then, going to Ajna, located here at the level of the middle forehead, Ajna means command. That's why Ajna Chakra is the mental command center, the chakra through which you can command every other chakra and every element. And that means all the six planes of the universe, the five planes plus this one itself. That's why Lama Zeus said, your mind that is still, 
the whole universe surrenders. With your mind, you control the entire manifestation. It sounds a bit preposterous, right? But it's only preposterous because our minds are not built. We have not developed the power of Vajna Chakra in that way. Because, because we're too busy, as Swami Shivananda said, eating, sleeping, procreating, a little laughter and a lot of tears. Our lives are too busy doing this, and then the mind, the Ajna, is pathetic. But hey, Jesus, there was a storm, and Jesus, there was a storm, you know, quiet, and the storm is quiet. Lazarus is dead, and Jesus goes and says, Lazarus, wake up, buddy, come forth. Lazarus gets up four days or something, half days dead. The mind of Jesus grips reality and alters it any way he wants it to alter. Of course, it's not done out of any egoism or stupidity. It is done under the will of God with absolute wisdom and surrender to the cosmic consciousness. But the point is, Jesus' mind could alter the reality any way he wanted to. Lao Tzu says the same. To a mind that is still the whole universe surrenders. Yeah? You try. It's not really now. Command it to rain. Now, but immediately. The universe does not obey our mind, like it obeyed Jesus. Because our Rajan Chakra is simply weak. But if empowered, if done yoga made really, really strong, then Rajan Chakra is that chakra through which you make anything into anything in this reality. On Ajna Chakra, you have a memory. To increase your memory, develop your memory, and you can develop it colossal, like to be able to read a book and memorize it instantly. So, as much as you want, it comes from Ajna. Intelligence. To be, to, if you work on Ajna Chakra, you develop your intelligence. The ability to visualize and really visualize, not fantasize from the second chakra. You need to see something in your mind's eye, three dimension, crystal clear, and hold it there. You know? Like I can walk through a certain area. I'm an architect and I see an empty piece of land. And my client says, I would like this, this, and this. And I close my eyes and I visualize the structures that I want to build. I order things, I move things, you know, I walk into the room and I see it as I would like it to have it. If I, this ability to have a three-dimensional clear structure of visualization and to coherently work with it comes so much. You have to develop this to be able to do this. And then, so memory, visualization, uh, intelligence, going all the way to paranormal abilities. Because from the mind, you can control any of the elements in any way. If gravity is an energy corresponding to the earth element, and if from action I can control my relationship with gravity, then I can meditate. Then I achieve, I'm able to accomplish an ability which from the outside for most people is supernatural, supernormal, paranormal, correct? But that's one example. By influencing any of the elements in a special way, you can... There have been mystics who could... who fired in Burnham either out of prayer or out of some, you know, control over, over that, that energy in that element directly. St. Francis of Assisi had, with prayer, 
he had a certain control over the fire element. He didn't decide to do it like, I want to control fire or not get burned by fire. But it happened. After the prayer, he made a friendship with fire. He said, Brother Fire, and prayed to him. When they tried to burn his eyes, no. He prayed to the fire element and said, Brother Fire, you are beneficial, you are kind, please don't burn me. And they couldn't burn his eyes. They tried to burn his eyes, they couldn't burn I, I opened eyes with hot rods, they couldn't do it. No. So, paranormal abilities of all kinds come from, eventually from here, over masteries of the elements. And, finally, duality. Plus and minus, yen and yin, they are born from Arjuna. It begins over here. And from Arjuna, you can enter the realm of Nanivanti, which is Nirvikalpa, which is the Nirvana of Buddha. That means that state of enlightenment that is called Nirvana also comes from Arjuna Chakra. In yoga, very often they confuse and they say Nirvana is from Sahasrara. You can say it, you know, you can make okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Really, if you split the hair, Nirvana is an Ajna Chakra Samadhi, it's an Ajna Chakra enlightened condition, which is excellent, but it's still an Ajna. So the spectrum of Ajna is vast, even though I said the least about it, because what can I say about this no more than what I've said right now? It's something that you have to know, it's something that you have to experience through your own practice, cultivate Ajna and see its impact on your life and your spirituality. And then finally, the crown chakra, Sahasrara, top of the head. Sahasrara means the thousand petals lotus. It's, a, it's a, a symbol, a symbolic name, for that Sahasrara contains everything. All the elements and all the mind itself are all born from the crown chakra. They are all, this is the source of it all. This is the realm of pure consciousness. The words don't suffice. No words are going to convey the thing. They are all fingers that point to a moon. The finger can get you to look at the moon and experience the moon directly, but the finger is not the moon. So one has to know these things directly from your own efforts in the opening of the Kama Chakra. So the realm of pure awareness, pure consciousness, wisdom. Intelligence is from here, but wisdom is from here. To be a wise person. You can be intelligent and not wise. You can be wise and not intelligent. India has seen many yogis who were very wise, but not very smart. No, they didn't have that intelligence, the street smart thing. They didn't. You have people on the planet who are very intelligent, but very, very unwise. The choices, you know, very unwise. To, to bomb the World Trade Centers you know, and make it look like those other guys did it is very intelligent, but very not wise. So wisdom comes from here. Much led by the, uh, the wisdom. Even the intelligence may not be good enough to rely upon. Intelligence should serve wisdom, just like ego or personality should serve wisdom all, and love and consciousness. Like your, your rest of these should be subservient ultimately to this. That will be the right context of having a Muladara, Swadhisthana, etc. going on. And uh, also here from Sahasrara becomes the state of perfect attachment. Attachment is not indifference, coldness, carelessness. Oh, I'm detached, I'm detached, fuck off. This is not detachment. This is indifference. And indifference belongs to the second chakra. When the second chakra tries to copy detachment, it becomes indifference. When the second chakra tries to copy love, it becomes romance and, you know, all that stuff you mentioned, meaningless and blah, blah, blah. So, what is detachment? But the best way to 
tell it to you. It's through a story that is told by Osho in one of his satsangs. Again, that story may be true, may be completely made up because he used to just, you know, make up stories like this, like it was a historical event. Or maybe it was half true and half made up. I don't know. But the story gives a point, and the point is absolutely bang on. So he says, Alexander had gone to India back in the day, you know, before Jesus Christ. He was in India, and his guru, Aristotle, gave him five, said, give me these five things from India, presents for me. The water from the Holy River Ganga was one of them. Uh, bring me a gymnosophist, which was meaning a Hatha Yogi. The, the Greeks knew about these yogis somehow. They heard that they do some physical yoga. And even those guys then, in another continent, knew it's not about gymnastics full stop. It was gymnosophists, meaning the ones who use the body and do some gymnastics of the body to attain to Sophia, which is the Holy Spirit. No. Those guys remembered it, and today even in India they forgot this thought that Hatha Yoga is a spiritual part, not a gymnastic thing. So he gets me a gymnosophist, a yogi to learn. He wanted to learn this Aristotle. And some three other things which I don't remember now what they were. So Alexander manages to collect the stuff for his guru, but he doesn't find the yogi. He's looking, looking for a good yogi, says Osho. At some point he's crossed, he's riding by the banks of a river and he sees a naked dude, an older man, bathing in the sun, naked. And Alexander is impressed. Alexander feels humble. He says, what's this here, man? I am the emperor here. And this guy's a beggar. But somehow in his presence, I feel like a beggar. And he feels like the emperor of the whole universe. Like even Alexander could feel this. So he stops and he salutes the man. And there's a conversation. Basically, he says, would you please, with respect, come to my guru, Aristotle, and be his guru. And the old man is smiling and saying, Alexander, I've stopped coming. I've stopped going a long time ago. I'm not going anywhere. Now, Alexander is not used to getting uh, disobeyed. So at some point, Alexander gets pissed off. You know, and he says, but I will take you. I will take you to my guru, you know, to my master, and you will. The old man tells him, Alexander, your master is my slave. Like, you are giving me threats. Remember? The one that masters you is my slave. You have no power on me whatsoever, implying the ego of Alexander, which was his real guru, his real master. You know? And this man had mastered his own ego. And so he says, you can use your child, you know, it's like... Then Alexander takes out the sword, and the, this is the point of the story. This is our son. And the, and the old man says, Alexander, I have chopped off this head a long time ago. Now you will chop this head off, and you will see a head falling upon the sand. I too will see a head falling upon the sand. This is Sasra. This is detachment. No? The perfect witnessing consciousness. Even if the eyes open. You chop this head. I am not my head. I am not my body. I am consciousness. As Shankaracharya said, I am consciousness and pure bliss without form. I am Shiva. I am Shiva. This is Sanskrit. When Shankaracharya says in another rendering, I am Brahma, I am Vishnu, and I alone am their cause. This is Sastra. And again, fingers pointed to more. They can inspire, but none of this is really Sastra. You have to know it yourself. Enough of this. Questions, and then you practice.